So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Renault truck driver of F1 podcasts. He's alive, I assume. None of us have done any research into I'm this. pretty sure I read that he isn't dead. He's fine. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that rejects strategies and uses them anyway. We had strategies. Yeah, we said we weren't going to record this whilst film themes were in the background, <laughs> but we decided to do it anyway. Do, 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 do. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is amazed how much going inside the pub makes it sound like a different time and place. Well, it is a different time and place. Exactly. We've now, it's after the Hungarian Grand Prix now. <laughs> it's almost like it's 1950. I'm G. Grez, and today, having survived our truck journey from Germany, we are still in the Union Tavern. But there is a pub quiz upstairs in West London. We are going to talk about the Hungarian Grand Prix, where we finally saw the titanic showdown between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton that we had all been waiting for. Well, for a few laps. Then it was a tyre thing. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who has ordered steak. It is Phil Tromans. Hello. Yes, I ordered steak. The steak arrived. I've eaten the steak. How was the steak? It was good, actually. Remarkably good. And alongside him is a man who has just eaten fish and chips. It's Terry Saunders. Chips are a little bit raw. No, I'm, I'm, real chips. I'm eating chips right yeah, now, yeah. and they are a bit raw. But, you yeah. know, I had... Fish was nice. Mushy you have peas. big chunky chips or little fries? Big chunky chips. Uh, little fries you were had good. Fries, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, good. Chica, um, what did you order? What have you been eating? Chips. Well, I'm currently eating a bowl of chips here, as you can see, and I agree they are uh, al dente. Happy birthday, Chica. What kind of weird pub quiz is going on upstairs where they're just what all singing happy birthday? <laughs> <laughs> what film is this from? It's a tiebreaker. <laughs> So we've done all the news, let's go for the teams. Mercedes, Hamilton started third on the grid. He drove past Verstappen four laps in the end with two fingers up and came home in first. Bottas hit Leclerc and finished in eighth. So, 
after a bunch of 1-2 finishes at the beginning of the season, we thought, I say we, I thought Mercedes were going to be incredible and the season was going to be really boring. Fortunately, things are changing. When I say fortunately, I mean this is more in terms of entertainment value. But after the past two bad races, could their lead be at risk for the next half of the season? No. You mean the bad race where they won? Well, they won this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Bottas. Bottas. Yeah. The thing is, Max Verstappen has, in the last four races, scored the most points. Because yeah. when he hasn't won, he's been coming like podium finishes. If the finishes. season was started four races ago... It'd be a Poor. great season. Yeah. But, it but unfortunately, it started ages ago. It's, well, it's classic Red Bull getting good towards the We're end, but it's been shit at the beginning. True. If Mercedes were to have a downturn and Red Bull were to have an upturn, that would be exciting. But Mercedes are going to still walk it. Well, sort of like the Braun season. Yeah, that would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, though. Ben Turnbull says, fancy dress costumes in the bin this week. Yeah, there's an inv inverse proportion thing where if they dress in fancy dress, they're rubbish. When they don't dress in fancy dress, they're good. That is a scientific fact. This was another, all right, Bottas, no messing around now. You've got to be good. Your place is under threat because Toto has said, I don't know if you saw this, Toto has said uh, that uh, next, who's going to be driving alongside Lewis next year is going to be between Bottas and Ocon, he said. And Bottas is like, wait, what? <laughs> Do you think Bottas knew about this? I don't know. It, I mean, the very fact that he's brought up Ocon is sort of like, That's well, brutal. fucking pull your finger out that I think Bottas heard right. on about the second lap when he went down the field. <laughs> They'd actually left the radio on to an interview channel, like Mercedes' <laughs> YouTube channel. And he heard for the first time that he is out of his ear. He's got to be. Out on his ear. If, you were, if you were a betting man, Chica, would... I am uh, a betting man, actually. Who would you have money on for the Mercedes seat next year? I would put money on, a lot of money, on Bottas oh, okay. staying. But I think they've said Ocan just to, you know, frighten Interesting. him. Interesting. And if you were Toto Wolf, 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 you'd keep Bottas? Yeah. Why? I think he's a very good driver. I think he's... He's had a couple of... Despite his propensity for not driving very well. Yeah, but Ocon's results this year have been dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has not been on the podium once. No, exactly. At least Bottas has got a few wins. That's a good point. No wins. Podium. Uh, Even Kubica's got more points than Ocon this year. Exactly. What would you say as a, as a betting woman? I'd put... Uh, as a betting woman, I would put Ocon in. You would? Yeah. He's had two seasons, Bottas. He's shown a glimmer of... Bottas 2.0 at the beginning of the season that lasted like two races and well now we're back to like Bottas 0.75 <laughs> yes, exactly. I would He's just have a fraction have, of his former self I'd have betting just woman have, if I was a betting woman I'd have Hamilton on his own right. he doesn't need a teammate he could do Formula E style car changes yeah, yeah. he'll just do but he'll, he'll he'll do that thing where you know when you're towing a car he'll <laughs> have someone in the back but he'll be towing it so he'll, he'll finish first and second with just him just like, like a, a mechanic dummy. a mechanic just doing the steering um, or it could just be a fan thing. Ah, yeah. You can steer Lewis's towed car. Ferrari! Hang on, can we talk about something important? This feels like it's the first time, properly, that Hamilton and Verstappen have kind of had a bit of on-track argy-bargy. Yes, it was quite good for a couple of laps. And I think, get ready to hear this, Verstappen came out on top. Wow. 
I'm not well. saying I'm becoming a Verstappen well, fan. Well, Verstappen this weekend did have the quicker car, as evidenced by his first pole position, which we'll talk about later, I'm sure. True, but it was uh, just... Hamilton, Hamilton was all over the back of him and couldn't quite get past until yeah. they did their super sneaky, very clever... Uh, but this is Hamilton, who's his one of the best drivers for doing yeah. that, and he couldn't get past Verstappen. But, uh, they did have a cracking, a cracking battle. Where they, were, they did. They it was were, great. It was a bit cut and thrust. I think it's the changing of the guard. We're witnessing the changing wow. of the guard. The changing of the guard that, for now, still it's means Hamilton still wins. The guard. Yeah, yeah, but when you change the guard, the old guard stays on for a bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> we've been to horse guards recently. That's definitely how it works. <laughs> yeah, you now take over, yeah. but the new guard marches in. There's a bit of a scrap. The old guard stays there for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Ferrari. Vettel finally did something better than his adorable teammate and passed him late in the race, coming home in third. Still over a minute behind Hamilton, though. So what happened between Leclerc and Bottas in the opening lap? Who was to blame and whose side are you on? Bottas was being all scrappy and whatnot. Leclerc was a little bit aggressive in chopping him up. But uh, racing instant. Terry? Yeah, I just think they were both being a bit shit, but... You've changed. You've always... You were always... All right, it was Leclerc. He, wow. fucked, it, he fucked it all up by You're pissing about. He's a Verstappen fanboy these days. You're giving it to Leclerc. All like right, it was Verstappen's fault. Verstappen <laughs> somehow got Bottas and Leclerc down the order. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was at work. I mean, Bottas, Bottas started the whole thing by trying to, trying to hold on to it, by A, locking up twice in two corners, letting Hamilton pass, refusing to accept that he'd lost that position scooting off the side of the track that let Leclerc come back in and then Leclerc was a little bit aggressive shall we say in chopping yeah. across the front of him which then annihilated his uh, Bottas' win um, but I'd, I'd put more of the blame on Bottas' side yeah but it was Leclerc by the way in our F1 podcast we've included I don't know I was at work <laughs> I was watching it at work but I was at work but I had the sound off okay well, so I didn't you hear don't need, you don't need commentary you've got your own commentary yeah Red Bull Verstappen started in pole which was exciting and he stayed in front until Hamilton as we said sped past with his brand spanking new tyres should Red Bull have gotten there first with tyre success stories well it was a very interesting strategy because Mercedes basically outfoxed Red Bull by going if we can't overtake him we change tyres and then there's an argument that when Mercedes changed tyres, Red Bull was screwed because if they'd have ch- gone in the next lap, then they'd have been the undercut and Hamilton would have got in the lead. But is there not an argument that Verstappen, like 10 laps later, could have pitted for like super duper soft tyres and done a Hamilton to Hamilton? I think he would have been, because he would have had half the time that Hamilton had had to catch him again. Bearing in mind you lose, what, 20 seconds in a pit stop? Yeah, but was clearly going to beat him so at best he was going to come second I think he was on a hide into nothing I don't see any way that he could have got out of that but when Mercedes realised that they could do that I don't see any way that Red Bull could have counted it because whatever they did Mercedes would have the advantage I mean Mercedes basically had the quicker car it was just that through the it was close enough that Hamilton couldn't get by but you just said that Verstappen had the quicker car earlier on yes but you could see that Hamilton was wedged to the back of uh, Verstappen all the way around. It was Harry, and like he couldn't pull out a gap from Hamilton, but it was close enough that he couldn't get past. But it was a great, long, exciting. It was a really good battle. Really you know, enjoyed you know it. They were, very, many, they were evenly matched. You know how many races they go, always catching him, and if only this race was 
another five laps long, something might happen, yeah. but it's ended, so it's fine. And it's like, this was the other way around. It's like, it all happened, and there was time for it to happen, and it fucking happened. Richard Stevenson said, Gasly's really shit, isn't he? <laughs> and Phil McWilliam said, Gasly is even okay. either driving a Williams painted Red Bull colours, in which case he's a keeper, or they need to bin him. I'd, I would agree. At the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, give him a few races. I mean, he's had half a season now. Do you think he'll be out and he's before the end of the season? I wouldn't have thought before the end of the season. Although, frankly, Red Bull have got form for doing that. But again, they, who are have they, they going to put in? they got someone else? Oh, they've got Kvyat. They've got Albon. I don't think they'll use Albon. I wouldn't it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'd put Cheeky Fiverr on, on Kvyat being back in next year. What's funny is that because the top three teams are so far ahead of the rest... The worst that Gasly can do, really, realistically, is to come sixth. But the problem is he came sixth yeah. with the McLaren ahead of him. <laughs> so it's almost like he got out of the car going, well, yeah. you know, I came sixth. He just got just stuck like, behind oh, Sainz, didn't he? He's like, oh. you, know, in a, you know, when his teammate's in a car that's giving it to the Mercedes, and, uh, <laughs> and he goes, he's going, I don't know how the tyres work. Yeah, terrible. It's embarrassing. Where else would he go? Formula E. Formula E. Where all the old Red Bull drivers go. Renault, no power, no points, no after party, unless they celebrate disappointment. Finished in 12th and 14th. Renault have two really good drivers. And McLaren also have two Renault engines, and things are looking pretty good for them. Who are now 43 points ahead. Guess how many people have been sacked by this stage in the season? Hang on, Renault people. Renault people. Not just people in general. A lot. Uh, like no, there's, no, a, no. there's a Saturday girl at the HMV who just kept turning up late, and, and she's been fired. Uh, Renault, I have no idea. Let's say yes. uh, 20. 300. What's the answer, Chica? I haven't got the answer. Oh, okay, great. great. <laughs> it's another brilliant segment brought to you by uh, for Formula One Say. <laughs> but Philip Morby said, if you were Daniel Ricciardo, would you want to go back to Red Bull? And if you were Red Bull, would you want him? Now, I think, I'm going to step in here, I think pride. Pride is the issue here. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. I think pride on both sides will mean that he won't go back there. There's no okay. chance. No. So what will he do next season? He'll sit at Renault and pull around near the oh, back. He won't sit at Renault. He's torpedoed his career. Renault. It's the end. It's the end of his career? He'll never win another race. He'll never be on the podium again. Does he know that? That's he knows that sort of thing I'd say. And he's going to be the next Nico Hulkenberg. <gasps> no, he's going to be... Except he's actually got podiums already. But No, who else is a driver that used to win races and then... Felipe Massa. Felipe Massa Kimi in Reichen. Williams. Kimi Raikkonen in Williams. Robert Kubica. Robert Kubica in Williams. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't good. Once again, car's crap. Um, Hulkenberg, I think, had technical trouble, in fairness to him. His car was stuck in, like, a, an engine mode that they couldn't get out of. Uh, Ricardo was meh. Ricardo ballsed up his qualifying, didn't he? So that immediately yeah. fucked everything. Uh, and the car's not good enough. And they're not good enough. But, as I said, they got the same engine as McLaren. Yeah. They shouldn't be that shit. No, they should shouldn't, they? especially with works backing. But um, but they are. Yeah. I but think when Cyril Abitable. 300 people. Yeah. I think Cyril Abitable is shit at his job. You reckon he's not long for this world? I just. I don't know. He's been in charge for a while and. <laughs> you know that Netflix thing last year and the way he was like really cocky with Christian Horner when they got like Ricardo yeah. and stuff there was something a bit passionate about him that made me think I don't think he's good at this I mean they're all a bit like fucking children aren't they yeah okay here's a quiz cheeky quiz do you know which team boss has been in the job for longest of the current team bosses 
Christian Horner. It is. Yeah. And How he feels like he's only been there for like five minutes. That's but because he's fresh faced. Yeah. And he's it's got to be at least married 10. to Ginger Spice. Yeah, exactly. But all the other ones, all the old school ones are gone. And Frank Williams isn't Frank Williams isn't te- technically well, well, he's yeah. still team How principal, Claire, but he's not really. How long has Claire Williams been? About six years? Eight years? Twelve years. Fifteen years. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. Let's carry on. Ferrari! McLaren! <laughs> <laughs> So, McLaren, as I said, doing pretty well. And listener Nathan Willett said, the thing making me happiest this season is how well Norris and Sainz are doing in the McLaren, providing what a burden the petulant little shit Alonso was to the team. There was a rule, of, a school of thought that Alonso was needed to make what school McLaren... What was that called? To make, Alonso was needed when, when it was woeful to get some results out of a car that was terrible. And then, do you think that if Alonso was in the car this year, he'd be getting any better than fifth? I don't think he would. I, I think he might be getting slightly better fifths. Yeah, but still fifth. But probably not much more than that. So like for the all gap the fucking, between them is too big. To yeah. Be able to so go. all the lack of aggro, all of the lack of moaning on the radio and the entertainment, Carlos Sainz, and for significantly less money is putting in the same results that Alonso would. Yeah. And Norris has been doing well as well. Yeah. Um, they've got a pretty good driver lineup actually. It, it, think, it seems like things have calmed down quite nicely and they're just sort of cracking on with it now. They've got two drivers that aren't continually slagging off the team or each other. They seem to get on all right. They're quite good fun, you know, on the old socials and stuff. Uh, the car's all right. It's not brilliant, but it's a damn sight better than it's been for a few years. And they're, they're banking some decent points. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe once they've done this for a bit, they can then focus on cracking the top three. Even by Barcelona. Yeah, which we can now say again because it's back. Racing point. Uh, I think it can all be summarised with Dan Cartwright saying, what is the point of Lance Stroll? Lots of money. <laughs> yep. Money, money. Whole load of money for the team. Money. He was oh. crap again this weekend after Hi. his nearly win. Uh, I'm a lowly engineer at Racing Point, but I've got a jacuzzi. Hmm, thanks, Daddy Stroll. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they all relax? I, I don't remember seeing any shots in the garage of Force India of the engineers sitting there, because normally they're just sitting there on their little folding chairs. Do you reckon they are all just in there in individual jacuzzis? They've just got one big jacuzzi. You remember a, a week or so ago when we last met? Um, <laughs> To discuss the Hungarian Grand Prix, that no, we said, really? uh, no. We said that. Oh yeah, Stroll. Oh, he nearly got on the podium. Well, he was shit again this race. Aaron Q won again. Got nowhere. Rubbish. Fair play. Is he going to be fired by his dad? No. No. Perez did okay. Did he? Well, did he, he get any points? Didn't he? he did didn't he get, get a racing points, point? But he was nearly a point what? for racing point. What is the racing point? Yes. <laughs> No one else retired, not even a Williams. But Grosjean DNF'd with a water pressure problem and Magnussen came home in 13th. So far this season, it has been going tits up for Haas. Some of this is down to the fact that they keep bumping into each other. Is this regular contact driven by anger, competitive spirits or sexual tension? Sexual tension. They didn't touch each other this weekend, did they? I think they touched not, each other. Not on yeah. the track. Did they not Oy. touch each <laughs> I think there was a very uh, bit of ru- no rubbing angry hand job in the <laughs> Racing Point jacuzzi. One car didn't work. Uh, Magnussen was all right, but the car was crap. Do they understand it now? No, it just doesn't no. make any sense. 
Like they've got, like we spoke in the last episode, they've got this kind of weird double spec car. But let's not forget that you know Haas came in on the basis that they were legally stealing Ferrari's designs at all Ferrari's parts. I'm not sure that was the, that was what they said. You can <laughs> legally steal okay. our parts, and for the first few years it worked. They became an instant midfield team with lots of operational issues because they were new, and now. I don't know, have they tried to design their own stuff and realise they haven't got a fucking clue what they're doing? Or has Ferrari been going, we don't want you copying our stuff anymore? They've been feeding them misinformation. Yeah, so go, yeah, yeah, you see that there? Just put a triangle there, it's fine, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Don't ask questions, just put a triangle. They're putting all their love into Alfa Romeo now. Exactly. Maybe too much love, having got disqualified in the last race, but... Oh. Anyway, they were shit. Mike Morby said, What words of comfort did Gunther Steiner offer Grosjean and Magnussen? Terry, do you want to take this one? Tell you what you will do. You will get on your knees and give me six. (laughs) It's a German thing. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Toro Rosso. Yes, another week of points for Albin. Kvyat did less well, blaming it on his worn tyres. Things have been going well for the team. Some impressive drives and Kvyat and Albin are a pretty good couple. If they were a celebrity couple, who would they be? Welcome on wise. You need to think of an older guy and a Thai boy. (laughs) So basically, any bloke from Kent. (laughs) If you're a listener from Kent... (laughs) Then you know what you're doing, and it's disgusting. (laughs) And if you want to go to our page, (laughs) ff1s.com. Yes, ff1s.com forward slash Thai brides. What do we have on that page? Thai brides? Yeah, it's my business. Okay. So the Toro Rosso was uh, Ty Rosso, yeah, yeah, was not um, not as speedy as it should have been this week. It did, they didn't really have a very good car, but I thought both drivers did quite well. Uh, point for Alban again, and Kvyat did not get any points after his podium. Well, they which, fucked up his pit stop, didn't they? But that is a big thing in Formula One, which we don't get as much these days. But back in the day, when there used to be like a driver would randomly win a race or get on the podium, the next race would always be shit that's almost how it works so that was tradition it's fine but remember first time when we last saw each other um, he had only just become a dad that meant that he had only just had his first night without sleep whereas by shit. now he's a Formula by One now, no. listen by now he has had two weeks of no sleep bullshit and therefore he does his night shift no he doesn't he does and therefore he is significantly less sleep than other Formula One drivers. Do you drivers. really think Yes, I do. A Formula One driver who has his nutrition and personal training plan meticulously laid out and has to drink certain drinks at certain times and certain foods at certain times, they would allow them to go, why don't you just go home and look after a child and have sleepless nights? And no, they wouldn't let it. They wouldn't let it happen. And his, I don't know who his wife is, but they've already got an au pair. Alfa Romeo. Raikkonen managed to somehow hold off Bottas and finished in 7th. Giovinazzi had a grid penalty starting in 17th and he finished in 18th. Will he get chucked next year? Yeah. Look at that hair though. Yeah, he has got good hair, but other than that, he's been the most anonymous driver I can remember in a while. Such volume. Well, normally there's a few anonymous drivers, but he seems to be... Yeah, but he seems to be the... Normally every year has got a few where you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about them. But he seems to be the only one I think if you asked to name all the 20 drivers on the grid, but also don't he'd forget, be the last one they remember. We've got three British rookies, so they're taking up a lot of the airspace of all the coverage. Yeah, but they've been stuff. driving well as well. No, but even so, they're taking up a lot of that, the airspace, so there's not enough room for a Giovinazzi. 
How many points has he got? None. Oh, I've got no. Not, not a many. single not point. He's got no points. Nope. Wow. So even Kubica's got more points than him. Only two. He might have one point. He's got one point. So he's got the same amount of points he's as Kubica. Same amount of points as Kubica. That's pretty poor. And double the arms. Um, Raikkonen did well, though. Yeah, that's what he's there for, isn't it? To do well. To punch in the results like a metronome. I mean, when he's 11 places higher than his teammate, something like that, he's done well. Yep. Williams! Williams were racing people other than themselves, which was exciting. They still came home in the double figures, but it seemed like it was something that they could be a bit more proud of. Will our future Williams race views be accompanied by the imaginary orchestra of tiny violins? I mean, they seem to be, dare I say it, getting their act together. Slowly. They're still, but they're still are slow. They? Are they, or have they been lucky? No, well, the thing is, they think they've identified the problem with the car. What, that it was shit? That basically was shit. They can't do a classic concentrate on next year's car because next year there's no rule change, so they've got to just plough on. The time, they're getting closer to the other cars. You know, they're still way back, but they're kind of, like in this race, they're almost mixing yeah, it with the Russell cars in particularly front. particularly is... Yeah. is, is I've been really impressed with him actually because he's imagine. wrestling an absolute dog yeah. and he's starting to understand the pause of it but you'd also imagine that if they've got a car with such a fundamental problem once they fix it they're going to make pretty big gains well I mean they kind of have to really because yeah. you know it's like when you start a new sport and to start off with you're rubbish but you get better quickly I've and then never, you get to the point I've where never started a new sport okay um, if you were if you were to become a Formula 1 driver you'd, you'd learn a lot quite quickly and then you'd reach a plateau and it'd be harder to get better let's question that if I became a <laughs> Formula 1 driver do you think I'd learn a lot quite quickly <laughs> yes honestly yes one way or the other right one way or the other <laughs> what's he'd, the he'd, other he'd learn a lot <laughs> I'm not saying he'd become a good driver but I'd say he'd learn a lot about himself about life <laughs> about tyre barriers Colin Wilkes said George Russell got lost and ended up in 13th after the start and never really found his way home. I think that's a... Is that a backhanded compliment? That's a joke. Yeah, well it's done. Good. I mean, it's good, yeah. Good one. Well yeah. done, Colin. Funny joke. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So, with 250 points, it's Lewis Hamilton from both ends. <laughs> Valtteri Bottas from just behind and in third place it's Max Verstappen racing from birth Sebastian Vettel from the top on the way down and Charles Leclerc from the track into the barrier Pierre Gasly is from way downtown he's doing shit and Carlos Sainz is from Spain run out of ideas <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen gets from his bed to the car and Daniel Kvyat he's from 2016 Lando Norris is from the internet uh, Daniel Ricciardo has <laughs> gone from the frying pan onto the kitchen floor Lance Stroll's from money Kevin Magnussen swerving from side to side like there's a bee in his helmet Nico Hulkenberg's come from a podium position and Alexander Albon has come from Terry's dreams and everyone has forward slash tie brides <laughs> Sergio Perez from Mexico got bored again uh, Roman Grosjean doesn't know his ass from his elbow Giovinazzi is from his final year in F1 and Kubica from adversity comes mediocrity ooh that's deep ooh. Now, for the constructors, I feel like I had this same idea last year, but it's been a stretch before. Have, are you recognising this, producer Matt? So, the one fact I have about Hungary is that 
Queen played there when it was still behind the Iron Curtain. This is exactly what I did last year, isn't it? Because <laughs> when I was writing this, I thought, this seems too familiar. <laughs> so, I doubt we've got many repeat listeners. So. No one cares. So, Queen played behind the Iron Curtain, a big concert. That was one of the first Western bands to play. And they played I Want to Break Free, and Freddie Mercury dressed up like the video as a woman with like fake tits and everything. And the crowd started booing because that song in Hungary was a really important uh, anthem of we want to break free from communism and him putting fake tits on was making a mockery of that. So, with that in mind, I thought, again, it would be interesting (laughs) to compare my notes to last year, if the teams were Queen songs, which ones would they be? Hey! Mercedes, we are the champions. Ferrari, under pressure. Red Bull, don't stop me now. McLaren, it's a kind of magic... Uh, Toro Rosso, friends will be friends. Renault, the show must go on. Alfa Romeo, Stone Cold Crazy. Racing Point, now I'm here. Haas Ferrari, death on two legs. And Williams, who wants to live forever? Nice. Just like last year. Nice. (laughs) And now it's time for the return of the Fact Off. What are the rules? Okay, so Terry, you're doing facts about Hungary. Phil, you're doing facts about two weeks ago's race. Germany. Germany. Let's go. Woo! Terry, go. Budapest has the highest number of thermal springs in the world. Every day, 70 million litres of thermal water rise to the surface. Where does it come out? In spas. Supermarkets? No. <laughs> Spas. The supermarkets? No. No. You Roman baths. Ah. In Roman baths. Before bars. Roman times, it would just pop out of the ground. But now they put taps on. <laughs> right. So. Okay. The German Grand Prix has been held on 75, I think, occasions. Hang on. You think or you know? Because it's fact or disqualified. I can't remember if that's the exact number, but it's about 75. <laughs> Occasions, but did only I say ever. about okay. 70 million litres, or did I say 70 million litres exactly, it's exactly to the litre every day? Meter, 70 million is definitely it's not exactly that. 70 million, no, is it? Every, not 70 million and one. No, every day 70 million 70 litres comes out. Of the I think we finish this. What was yours? The German Grand Prix has been held on 75 occasions, but only ever at three venues. Ooh. Terry, you can have that one. Yeah, thermal oh. spas. Next, Phil. Okay. The most successful driver at the German Grand Prix was Rudolf Carracciola, who won it six times. But he's unusual in that he raced under two different flags at different times. Oh. He raced under the German flag and also under a big fuck-off swastika. <gasps> really? Yeah, because he's a Nazi, you see, but you had yeah, to be yeah, in fairness yeah. to him. He didn't really have a choice. Yes, Terry. The first subway line in Europe was built in Budapest. Good. You can have that. Before, right, and I've got the facts here. It's the third oldest underground railway in the world after Istanbul and the London Underground. This is a post-Brexit fact. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Uh, Phil, well done. You can have that one. And finally, Terry, your final fact in this fact off. Did you know (laughs) you can see 
I've only been on one website, so these facts are a bit ropey. You can see the hand of the first Hungarian king in a church. Let me explain. The mummified right hand of St. Stephen, the first king of Hungary, is displayed in the St. Stephen Basilica in Budapest. When the body of King Stephen was exhumed, they found that his right hand was still in very good condition. But then it was stolen and buried by a cleric. <laughs> and then it was recovered and transported around Europe. Here's a picture of it. Phil! I mean, I'm not really sure I can beat that, but um, the German national anthem only uses its third verse. Because all the others are about Nazis. A little bit Nazi. <laughs> A little bit world domination-y. Oh, yeah. is it? First verse is something along the lines of Germany, Germany, over everything, over everyone else in the world. And so, for obvious reasons, they thought they'd stick with the third one, which is just like, not really, we were joking, we love everyone. Yeah, okay, you can have that with the hand. Yeah! So, I mean, it's probably fair enough. Win again! You've got it with your right hand. So, at about the halfway stage of the fact off, Terry is in the lead, but I'm not sure the exact score because I haven't been keeping count. Yeah, he's in the lead by quite some way. By, I think by quite some way. Hamiltonian proportions. Ah, uh, okay. Well, anyway, but I'm sure you have the second half of the season to redeem yourself. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but yeah. that's the attitude, Bottas. <laughs> and now, time for the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. What have the Hungarian and German Grand Prix showed us that as ever, there is an amazing sport in F1 that is being denied to us by fucking geeks. While Stranger Things glorifies 80s geeks, we live in a real world where they ruin everything. Dropbox stays in the dock, white supremacists run the world, and data engineers suck all the fun out of F1. Here's what happens. On a Friday morning practice, when, face it, you're not watching, and even if you are, you're not because it's so boring, all the cars do race simulations and work out how well the tyres are doing and which ones are best and how to shave seconds off the potential race distance to perfect the perfect strategy. Sounds good, right? Wrong, idiot. There's a simple equation I just made up for good sport. It's skill divided by randomness equals entertainment. On a good day, every golfer can get to the green. Every footballer can score a goal from outside the penalty box, and even Grosjean can get around the whole track once. But it's when you add weather, opponents, equipment failures, and luck that things get special. Germany was mental. No one seriously wants or expects every race to be that random, but it reminds us of a golden age where Formula One teams were run by a handful of wily old Rothman smokers, and not 4,000 data engineers straight from uni. Take a punt, go with your gut, they said. This all started in the refuelling era that some of you idiots want back. That was ruined when Ross Braun realised it was easier to pass someone in the pits than on track, and data strategy has got worse steadily since then. But don't worry, I've got a solution. It won't make every race of Germany, and the top teams will still rise to the top, but I say, fire them all. Budget caps are all well and good, but the head cap of an F1 team needs to get down to sensible levels. A hundred people and everyone doubles up on their jobs. There's no data communication to from the cars, just drivers and clever engineers, Rothman's optional. And also, bin practice sessions. They can have half an hour on a Saturday morning to check if the cars work, and Fridays can be some weird junior drivers in F1 cars, or F1 drivers in F2 cars, or something we'd actually watch. And also, sprinklers. 
great idea. I know I'm banging the same drum again and again, but yeah, this yeah. is the ruining of Formula One is fucking data. All that happens is that they learn how to get past every problem and there are no problems. Give a race where they don't know what's going on, we get entertaining racing. Yeah, I agree. Or make them dress up in fancy dress. Or make them dress up in fancy dress. That works. So that is it from us. Iggs, goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about a win by a famous name for the first time, sort of. Mick Schumacher won an F2 race. Congrats. Mm, son of Michael, nephew of Ralph, probably related to another one. It's won an F2 race. Could he be on the way to F1? Who knows? Do you think? I don't know. We haven't got time to talk about it. Okay. Terry. We haven't had time to talk about... Just checking things because I haven't thought of this <laughs> as ever. Hulkenberg raced with his engine in safe mode. <laughs> it's weird, isn't Fuck it? Fuck me. Nobody said that. It just kept crashing all the time, so he'd rebooted <laughs> it. And, uh, hey. Hey, not a joke. We'll be back next month to discuss the Belgian Grand Prix in Belgium. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can you buy stuff? FF1S.com forward slash tiebrides or shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a month. I'm a G-Grass. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.